for April 21st, 2014. It's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 303. You're not a person if you don't have a personality. Welcome to Overthinking It, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. From Los Angeles, I'm Matt Rather. Happy Easter, or uh, Easter Monday, Woo-hoo! still within the octave of, of Easter. That's right. We know how to party. It was Passover right. all last week. You know, Still Passover. Oh, it, is it? That shows you what I know. Uh, I am not chosen. I'm an unchosen people. What's the opposite we're, of chosen? We're... Uh, like I don't, last, I don't picked know. last. Like uh, the Almighty would pick me last for his softball team. Of, I was thinking of more chosen cho- people, like you know? I was thinking more chosen animal. It's <laughs> you know, opposite of chosen people. I was just gonna say that your people eat the wafers because you want to, and we're forced to eat the wafers for eight days. So that's the <laughs> distinction. Oh, praise Jesus! Jesus is risen. That, give, give some context to that joke, Mark. Oh, sure. else I'm okay. going to get so, angry email. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, so some of you may know, uh, Jesus is what? Uh, the Kanye West, the name of the last Kanye West album, the one in which he said, he, I am a god. Right. So it, Jesus is, uh, is essentially like an alter ego or another uh, like Kanye West's new nom de uh, artsy rap that he's doing now. Is that a fair thing to say? Fair. All right, Jesus equals Kanye West. Anyway, so um, I was at church for Easter today, um, and the the priest who had an Indian or some sort of South Asian accent, a heavy South Asian accent, kept going on and about um, the the, how Jesus is in his Easter glory and how Jesus has risen from the dead, and um, praise be to Jesus for saving us from our sins and bringing us to uh, a state of salvation. Praise Jesus. Blasphemous. You should write one heck of a strongly worded letter to the bishop. I know. I really uh, should. You know, Kanye West's album, though very good, uh, you know, doesn't rise to the level of of, uh, actually, actually forming a religion around him. Are you sure you weren't listening to Kim Kardashian? I'm not actually. Just throwing that out there, huh? So I'll we be re- right back. We record these on Sunday. It's uh, it's Easter. It's Easter Monday, though. If you're if you're listening to this, um, still still in the octave. Uh, you know, did did you know, Shana, that a lot of uh, Christian holidays have traditionally actually have eight crazy nights. Uh, called the octave that you know surround the surround the holiday was that a little religious factoid that you were uh, aware of no i didn't know that so you can um, be in the octave of easter and there are like if you're ultra if you're like ultra into doing all the stuff if you're if you're like if you buy all the catholic figure, figurines and all the books if you have every volume <laughs> if you have every volume in the uh in the you know young adult novel that is the the liturgy of the hours uh, <laughs> you know like that you could fill uh, the next eight days straight with nothing but righteous prayer. Um, no fish. <laughs> no, that's over. That's over, man. Yeah, okay. That's uh, that's so last week. <laughs> yeah, 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 you can eat all the meat all you want. You can drink. You can um, uh, eat chocolate. You can play Candy Crush. All those things you give up for Lent. It's all good now. I don't understand the point of of. Play, playing Kenny, once knew a priest who pointed out um, that a lot of things that people give up for Lent are very dumb. 
uh, at least in his in his view, <laughs> right? Like the because the point is is to sort of cleanse or purify yourself, or else to sort of give alms to to help the poor, right? Like if you give up Candy Crush, unless that is your spiritual discipline, in which case we have to have a conversation about the meaning of the words <laughs> spiritual and discipline. Um, it, unless you're like going to take all the money you would spend on in-app purchases in Candy Crush and donate it to the food bank or something like that, you know, you're not really, uh, you're not really kind of in the spirit. You know, the point is not just to be miserable. The point is to be miserable and to make yourself a better person at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you're spending enough on in-app purchases in Candy Crush that donating it to your local food bank would make a difference. You have another problem, and it's called Candy Crush. <laughs> stop playing Candy Crush. Like, everyone listening, stop playing it. Just uh, read that article that Jordan Stokes wrote about it, and you will never play it again. This is a public service announcement so actually, from, that, from me. That particular article, which is called When Games uh, Pretend to be Games They Aren't, actually seems kind of to advocate playing Candy Crush, um, not to win, but as kind of a spiritual discipline, because <laughs> it's good for your soul to just play and play repeatedly. It's almost meditative, the experience of playing and not winning because you're unwilling to spend money on the in-app pur- purchases. Uh, all right, so we are uh, uh, we're here this week. We we uh, we have a topic. Um, it's not just the octave of Easter or the the religious holidays in many many different religions that we've uh, well two that I can think of that we've. Um, <laughs> if you count sects and denominations, I suppose there are many many different religions uh, that we've we've just experienced over the last week or the week to come. No, we want to talk about we want to talk about the internet. Uh, because it's the internet and we, we live on it. So, uh, let's go to, uh, let's go to a question. Let's go to a question of the week. So panel question, um, this week, Disney released the film bears, which is a nature documentary, uh, which I think is just footage of bears. Uh, and there are two adorable little baby bears in it. My girlfriend and I almost went to see it on Friday, but we what just stopped you. Uh, we just sat in the bar instead. We, <laughs> we didn't get up from the, the bar stools. Uh, so we um, want to talk about bears. We want to talk about pop culture. So, panel, what is your uh, favorite bear in pop culture? That's your that's your question. Favorite bear in pop culture are we going in any particular order oh heck yes in alphabetical order by last name (laughs) drink because lent is over drink (laughs) because it's not peter fenzel drink because jesus is risen (laughs) it's mark lee hey guys i've written about this particular bear or these set the set of bears in uh, on overthinking it before you might recall the um, musical Talmud that I did uh, regarding the Taylor Swift song "We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together," which involved uh, her backup band uh, dressed in bear costumes. Um, I'm not uh, choosing them as my favorite bears in pop culture because they're pretty good, but they're not nearly as good as what I'm about to mention, which is uh, one of the things that one of the many things that that the costume bearers made me think of, which is the Rockafire Explosion Band from Showbiz Pizza, which is now, I believe, subsumed into Chuck E. Cheese. 
pizza. Does anybody here remember the Rock of Fire Explosion Band? I never went you lost to me. Yeah, I never So, okay, all right, let me, let me rewind. You know, you guys know the Country Bear Jamboree in, oh, in Disney? Of course. Yes. The animatronic bears that um uh, that they're 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 folksy. They're endearing in that kind of way. They play country instruments and they're 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 bears and they're jamboree, so it's the country bear jamboree. Drink moonshine or no? Um well they have the moonshine jugs are labeled F sharp and E flat. So um uh, they blow okay. on them to make tones. Um, uh, but the but the Rock of Fire Explosion Band is kind of a takeoff, uh, the Showbiz Pizza's ripoff of the Country Bears Band. Um, they're animatronic. Um, there's also it's not just a bear, um, but the bear is clearly the coolest part of this band. There's a keyboard playing gorilla. There's a mouse that's a cheerleader. There's all sorts of weird stuff going on here. Anyway, the 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 bear is the cool part because he wears overalls and has a square electric guitar, which is awesome because like uh, it's like Bo Diddley's electric guitar. Um, that's not even the best, what makes this bear the best bear in pop culture. Um, the great thing about the Rock of Fire Explosion Band, if you can take them away from the original context of, uh, of mediocre pizza, the smell of pizza and soda and, and small children, right? If you, if you, once you take them out of there, somebody bought a, a, a set of the Rock of Fire Explosion Band, these animatronic animals, and then like, uh, got, uh, uh, and then, uh, recorded YouTube videos of them playing and i use the word playing in air quotes uh various uh, uh, uh modern pop pop tunes so if you can imagine an animatronic gorilla and country animatronic hillbilly bear playing um uh, i don't know i got a feeling or perhaps a song by uh, our lord and savior kanye west um that's the kind of thing that's going on here and that's what makes rock fire explosion band bear uh, the best bear in pop culture i dare any of you to follow bears. that i dare i dare any of you to follow that up huh what do you got you know, no? th- it huh? strikes me that there is a point in every person's life when you go from not only eating but desiring, like really jonesing for terribly crappy pizza to like liking, you know, artisanal, uh, no. artisanal authentic no. pies, no. you know? No. You're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Really? You still like the stuff that's, you know, made... No, I never liked the stuff that was the crappy stuff because I grew up in New York. And so I'm going to be, you know, holier than thou New Yorker looking down my nose at the... Listen, Shana. We always had good pizza. Listen, Shana. When you grow up in Alabama, (laughs) best pizza is the showbiz pizza and your best entertainment... Is the Rock of Fire Explosion Band, right? <laughs> Can't go to Grimaldi's and catch a Broadway show after that. No, this is not, that's not where I came from, all right? Rock of Fire Explosion Band Bear. Yeah, I mean, Mark I, out. I remember going to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid, and now Chuck E. Cheese is apparently like a hotbed of violence, right? <laughs> I seem to remember a lot of like uh, Gawker esque sort of news stories on the internet over the last couple of years of like stabbings and fights at Chuck E. Cheese and stuff like that. Um, now it seems sort of dingy, but like it seemed like a magical wonderland uh, where you could exchange your ski ball tickets for all manner of plastic tchotchkes. Um, what a racket. I mean, God, though, though we did cheat, uh, my brother and I, when we went to Chuck E. Cheese, because at skee-ball, if you could pull, you could pull on the tickets that came out when you, uh, when you earned points in skee-ball, you could, and, and you had to get the, the pressure just right. You couldn't pull too hard or the tickets would rip. And if you didn't pull hard enough, 
nothing would happen. But if you got that that uh, not yank, but if you got that sort of steady torque on the the ticket roll just right, you could pull out a theoretically unlimited number of tickets. Uh, and and one of us, my brother and I, would be conspirators in this, and we would uh, w- one would keep watch, and the other would pull uh, to to maximize. Um, our tickets. God bless my so, poor mother who sat there and watched us do this. <laughs> so, Matt, you're saying that when you were a kid, Chuck E. Cheese was a hotbed of criminal activity. <laughs> she said I was the criminal. So you didn't notice it. You're like, oh, just kids being kids. No. <laughs> no. Uh, Shayna, you are next in the alphabet. Oh, mistress of great pizza. Oh, <laughs> one who never ate the spongy white Pizza Hut dough. Uh, what what bear do you like? Do, I'll bet you have better bears in New York. Well, of course we do. But um, I was going to actually mention a New York bear, but it was like punny. And so I'm going to do the pun bear and then the the real bear. So the pun New York bear is Stan from Mad Men because I've noticed on the Internet there there are a lot of gay men who really appreciate his hairiness, uh, especially <laughs> the beard. But just the general like they have said that they know there is a lot of hair elsewhere on Stan. So that's my New York bear in quotation marks. Um, How would but, you know that? How would you come to know that? I don't think he's ever appeared in any state. Oh no, of it's just, it's just a show, guess. Right? <laughs> it's uh, you know you're just uh, projecting your wishes. Just your from the way his late '60s shirt puffs out. Oh yeah, uh, look at that. You know, across his manly chest, you can tell that there is a, a thick thatch of downy pelt underneath. I'm sure on Tumblr there are pictures of him with the hashtag daddy, so not to worry. There's something, there's something under that shirt. Um, but the, the real bear that I want to mention um, is from Adventure Time. There was an episode where Finn and Jake ended up inside the belly of this beast. And in fact, in the belly was um, a community of these tiny bears. Or I guess they weren't tiny. The beast was large. So they were regular size, but they seemed tiny in comparison to the beast they were in. And these bears were having like a rave inside this beast. And they wouldn't leave because they didn't believe they were in a beast. And they didn't want the party to end. And the party was run by a bear in a, a hat who was named uh, Party Pat. And Party Pat uh, is played by Andy Samberg. And uh, he's very chill. So... Um, I enjoy Party Pat. He, like, uh, just lazes around. Um, anyway, Finn and Jake uh, decide uh, to sing a song with Party Pat, and the chorus goes like this. Bears, 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 bears. So I will put the YouTube video for that. They sing it way better than I do. Um, and you can enjoy Party Pat, Finn and Jake, Bears is the name of the song. In case you were wondering, it's called Bears. Is there? Can you? What? What's the elevator pitch on Adventure Time? Because I've seen- Adventure Time. Um, I can give you uh, the uh, elevator pitch that uh, the creators uh, Pendleton Ward has given, which is that it is a post-apocalyptic Candyland. Okay. Yes. So it's it's one of those uh, gritty reboots of young adult fiction or something. Uh, it's not gritty at all. <laughs> 
Um, but uh, yeah, let me find that video so we can <laughs> watch it later. Anyway, but that's my answer to the question. Stan right. and Party Pat. Um, I my uh, my two bears. I I also have two bears. Are both literary bears. Um, one is. Uh, Uh, one is the uh, the bear that pursues uh, uh, Antigonus off in the Winter's Tale, and the famous, I was gonna say that, but the then famous, I thought you were gonna say that, so <laughs> saved it for you. <laughs> in, in the famous stage direction of Shakespeare, uh, exit pursued by a bear in the Winter's Tale, um, and he uh, he says, "What does he say?" Uh, farewell, the day frowns more and more. Thou'rt like to have a lullaby too rough. I never saw the heavens so dim by day. A savage clamor. Well, may I get aboard? This is the chase. I am gone forever. And then uh, in the text it says, exit pursued by a bear. Um, but my other literary bear is the uh, is the bear that makes an appearance in Song of Ice and Fire in the song The Bear and the Maiden Fair, uh, the bear who licks the honey out of the maiden's hair. Um, oh, I'm a maid, she says. I'm pure and fair, and I'll never dance with a hairy bear. A bear, a bear, I'll never dance with a hairy bear. But the bear, the bear, lifted her high into the air. The bear, the bear. Uh, he licked the honey from her hair. Her hair, her hair. He licked the honey from her hair. And it has a happy ending, I suppose, uh, because it's kind of dark up to that point. <laughs> I'm imagining that the maiden fair is Peggy Olsen. Right. <laughs> and and the bear is Stan. Stan. Yeah, but then, but then Peggy sighed and squealed. And kicked she the said, air. She said, just taste it. <laughs> she sang, my bear so fair. And off they went, the bear, the bear, and the maiden fair. Um, so if you ship, if you ship Peggy Stan, uh, the bear and the maiden fair. Steggy. <laughs> if you are a Steggy-saurus, uh, you, you, uh, you know, should make the bear and the maiden fair your anthem. Okay, so we have nothing. Uh, we're, that's that's it for bears. We're no, 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 it's not. No, no. You both, all you got two um, of your favorite bears. Okay, and <laughs> yeah, even though didn't. I just like sang the praises of the of the rocket fire explosion band, and declared that no bear could possibly top that. I'm gonna add one more. Because this bear is not quite as awesome as the rocket fire explosion bear, uh, but he's still pretty awesome. I'm of course referring to Wonder Woe Bear, who I've seen at New York Comic Con twice. I'm of course referring to. Um, a large, burly, hairy man who dresses in a Wonder Woman costume uh, to great effect. And um, uh, he has a belt buckle that says Wonder Wobear, a belt buckle that surrounds his tremendous girth. Um, so we'll post a picture of that uh, so you can see what it is that I'm referring to because Wonder Wobear is awesome. It um, deserves all the praise in the world. Yeah, Wonder Wobear is is uh, is pretty cool. And I guess after we uh, posted some appreciative things, uh, about him on overthinking it, he uh, uh, got in touch with you, huh? Yeah, he sent us a, a note, maybe on email and on Facebook as well. So, um, Comic Con 2014, um, which is uh, just a few months from now. Oh my God, um, I'm going to try to track him down, and do an interview nice. with the one and only Wonder Bear, Wonder Woe Bear. You like uh, I, I I was alienated and I and I saw Comic Con, but um, I, I was. Uh, 
I, I overwhelmed by it the time the time that we went. I felt like I couldn't find a way in. But you've mastered New York Comic Con and really found uh, incredible things every time you've gone. Um, I don't know if mastered is the right, right word. I was sort of calibrating my expectations and have learned to take a lot of pictures. That's uh-huh. sort of my formula for success. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, so there's we kind of have a second. We kind of have a second question of the week that that we came up with um, in honor of our topic tonight. When when we were uh, planning for this podcast, we we decided that we wanted to talk about BuzzFeed quizzes. Um, that and and we'll we'll say why what occasioned this conversation about BuzzFeed quizzes. I had something to do with it. I I'm ashamed to say, um, but. Uh, for uh in honor of the uh uh of the actual topic of the podcast let's do a let's do a second question um or let's just throw this out there i want i want to throw out a question to start what is in in your mind the most annoying website trend of the moment uh whether it's a like a website feature like a technical trend something that you know is done with uh, the design of sites or their their behavior, or um, a trend that has to do with the uh, editorial content of the editorial sites that we all read, and I'm, I'm sure we probably all circle around the same uh, constellation of you know pop culture websites. Um, I don't know. Either you want to take a stab at this. What the most annoying? Uh, what the most annoying trend is? I definitely have one, um, and I'm yeah, ashamed, I'm ashamed right. to say that I've implemented it for clients more than once. Uh, but um, I don't know, Mark. What do you think? Sure, I'm going to hop in, and I'm going to go with hyperbolic headlines, hyperbolic article titles, um, and they take That's a variety the best of best choice forms. ever, Mark. Right. Oh, thanks, Jay. <laughs> You'll never guess which uh, which annoying web trend Mark hates the most. <laughs> well, that's. There, I mean, there are two. I think there are a lot of crappy things about the copywriting of headlines on the internet, and like that's, um, you know, and it it's worth piecing out what exactly they are. But which which ones annoy you the most? Yeah, I, I'm actually going with the hyper, hyperbole as opposed to the, what I mentioned there. You'll never guess which blah, blah, blah. The will, curiosity blah, blah, blah. gap. Ones. Yeah, that's the, that's the hiding the thing behind the curtain, right? Um, uh, the hyperbolic one is particularly problematic uh, for me. I'm going to go ahead and call out one of my favorite websites, uh, The Verge, um, which some of you may know as sort of a science and technology website. Um, which uh, in recent months has started to move away from uh, a tech focus to more sort of like lifestyle and technology and nerd culture and things like that. And it's kind of having awkward growing pains in that, uh, in that process. But sort of part of that transition has been the, um, the proliferation, the incredibly annoying proliferation of hyperbolic headlines. And I've got a couple of, of them uh, here for you. So they did ran this article about um, the electric car that is supposed to replace um, horse and horse and carriages in New York City, um, because the mayor wants to ban horse and carriages. That's a whole other topic for another conversation. But um, the, you know, there's New York Auto Show, and this uh, this car is on display. So let me read you the headline for this: This beautiful electric carriage is tearing New York City apart. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. No. Okay. All right. The horse the horse carriage ban thing is controversial. 
right? But the two things. Um, the, the, the electric carriage is not tearing New York apart. Um, if anything is tearing New York apart, it is the policy decision itself. And also the policy decision uh, is not tearing New York apart. You know, that is like uh, the sniping war between the New York Times editorial board and Liam Neeson, of all people, you know, who is in favor of the, or the horses and carriage. You know what's tearing New York City apart? I don't know, income inequality, right? <laughs> like, come on, let's have a sense of perspective here, right? Okay, so that's exhibit A. Exhibit B. <clears throat> um, a NASA uh, spacecraft uh, was sort of cr- intentionally crash landed onto the moon uh, for scientific purposes. So here's the the headline for that: NASA spacecraft slams into dark side of the moon as planned. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I read that, and, and it's like uh, it just really rubbed me the wrong way. It's like it just conjures up this um, sort of like apocalyptic. Um, a space event that happened, which is really just, you know, a scientific experiment. So um, those are my two examples. Um, I don't like it. Uh, we don't really do it and overthink it. We try not to at least, but um, uh, I say that now uh, before the, the page click uh, overlords come uh, demanding hyperbolic headlines from us. So yeah, those are my, those are my internet pet peeves right now. To yeah, be that, fair, Mark, right. that sort of thing isn't uh, new because I read some uh, newspaper articles from New York from the early 1900s, and they were all exclamation points all the time. It's like, oh, there was a snake man found by Gowanus because, you know, all of the river pollution, and he's going to come to get us, and it's, you know, the worst thing that's ever happened to Brooklyn. Come take pictures. So... You're- you, you have a good point, Shane, and this, this thing sort of comes and goes. But I will say that um, certain publications start out ostensibly taking a high road of sorts, right? The Verge uh, has its history of sort of breaking off from Engadget, which was the, uh, a- an AOL property. And people sort of saying, like, oh, and, you know, AOL squeezing Engadget for page views and they're compromising their editorial integrity, blah, 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 this and that. And this team all went off and started The Verge. Um, which is, you know, supposed to be all about like, you know, great content, long form articles, letting the content speak for itself and not doing uh, the sort of the, the, the not like, like being above the fray a little bit. Um, and they just sort of have uh, uh, gotten uh, gotten away from those lofty ideals from that, that they started with. So it's just disappointing to see that, so, like seeing everything sort of trend towards the median or just sort of sink to the lowest common denominator. That's what I'm complaining about. And this is, you're right, this is not a new phenomenon. I hear that, dude. I hear that. And what you the heard internet ne- is The internet is dying! <laughs> <laughs> and what you heard next will blow you away. At 325, he destroys all notions of right and wrong. At 480, <laughs> he makes you think. I don't know, 480 is, you know, that's not a real time. Because you can't have 80 <laughs> seconds in a, in a minute. I suppose that's 520. Uh, at 623, if you don't shed a tear, you have a heart colder than the dark side of the moon, which got slammed into by a <laughs> NASA probe. That's pretty I, cold. The, the Curiosity Gap headlines, I mean, it's, it's kind of like... Um, while no one, while while we're we were sort of wrapping racking up page views, you know, for a while. I don't know. A couple of years ago, we were all supposed to write headlines for um, for search engines, right? And they were supposed to be these sort of keyword dense things, and and you know, like TV colon Game of Thrones colon 
Overthinking it, colon, recap, colon, episode five. And there, you know, because like you wanted to to show up for those search terms. But now that the sort of social share uh, metrics have replaced um, search engine ranking or even kind of replaced page views as, as the metric that a lot of people are chasing online, like I guess that like that compulsive clickiness getting that getting people to click is now the important thing right and like i don't know i i'm trying to develop an immunity right like i expose myself to a little buzzfeed every day so that i build up a tolerance to it um <laughs> right because i've never i've never and you know tell me if if this has happened to you but i've never ever felt really good about myself after clicking a link onto buzzfeed you know. Oh, I did. I put on. Well, I learned afterwards that it wasn't actually BuzzFeed. It was just a quiz that seemed very, very similar to BuzzFeed. And I put it on Twitter the other day because I felt really good about it. Which is when I took a quiz of the which director are you, and I got David Lynch. And it's so true. And no one can disagree with me on this. Don't disagree with me on this, guys. I'm sure. David Lynch. Okay, done. Not, not. So my- that made me happy. <laughs> Yeah, it, you, it would have made you sad if you got Michael Bay, right? It, well, it would have been exciting. <laughs> and loud. Well, and, and pretty much impossible better, to follow. It would have been better than Uwe Boll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. The, these, uh, yeah, I guess attention is such a scarce commodity that, that these things are... I guess we're stuck with them. I don't know. I would. I don't. I wouldn't even know how to do it with overthinking it articles. I mean, our overthinking it articles are are interesting, but they're not sensational. They're very demanding. A lot of them, like you have to sit there for you know forty five thousand words to find out what Jordan Stokes thinks of Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> you know, he still hasn't done the last episode. <laughs> I don't, it's, oh God, let's not talk about it. I get yeah. mail. We what, get what does he have? Other things to do now. <laughs> he had a baby. Okay, yeah, really quickly. He he just had a child, and he's also not not working on it. Okay, so end of discussion. Let's move on. <laughs> don't don't email me. Um, so uh, my my pick is the uh, is the new sponsored content widgets that oh god that are at the bot. They're <laughs> they're intervening between the the in the content well on most pages between the main article and like maybe the author blurb. There's like a sponsored content widget, and then and then the comments and uh, you know a lot of them are tarted up. There are a couple of companies that uh, there are a couple of companies that that. Uh, do these one uh, never mind i don't need to call anybody out you you can figure out what they are just by looking at the branding on on the widgets and and very often there'll be a row of stories from the website you're on and then another row of stories that are made to look like articles but that are actually you know spammy as bad as the as bad as the like the google adsense link units you know one weird old tip uh, spammy, scammy, scummy, uh, crummy things, uh, you used to be, I don't know. Have you, have you had any particular run-ins with these? Listen, Matt, I've discovered all these different ways that cruise ships sell unsold cabins. And apparently they involve, uh, the shapely derriere of an attractive woman. Um, what? yeah, no, this is a thing I see everywhere. I see women's derriere selling cruise ship cabins all over the place. 
It's not just me, is it, guys? And Anyone? I mean, you, you have to click. You can't not click on a butt. I mean, if you put a butt right in front of me on a web page, I'm going to click on it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Fair enough. But, <laughs> but listen, right? Like... It's it's the fact that they're done their ads, but they're sort of they're done up creepily to look like content, which which you know Google uh, had guidelines about this at least back in the day had like AdSense guidelines. Um, they're they're awful, but but the the worst part is that like they I don't know I I tweeted about this the other day and I, I made a pledge on my personal Twitter that we will never. Uh, put one on overthinking it, and I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably shouldn't. <laughs> that was maybe not a good pledge. <laughs> yeah, probably shouldn't say things like that. I mean, because if ever I have to eat my words, I'll be, uh, you know, there'll be uh, proof that I'm an awful hypocrite. Though, you know, I don't know if the hypocrites weren't allowed to, uh, if the hypocrites weren't allowed to exist, we would, you know, the world would not continue. Um, but I so I read the other the other day a really interesting article by friend of overthinking it Amanda Marcotte about um, uh, about some stuff in the some um, harassment stuff going on in, in tech and and the gaming industries which are you know listen technology has a woman problem right and like. Uh, it's, it's never a bad time to point that out, and you know, which this particular article did lucidly and with an interesting slant uh, that made me think about it in a way I hadn't quite considered before. And you know what was right underneath? Like, eight ways to please your man with this banging bikini bod. You know? like, yeah, pictures of butts. Basically. Yeah, it was pictures right. of butts or, like, pictures <laughs> of, like, disembodied torsos in bathing suits. And, and like, you know, I, I understand that you have to keep body and soul together. I, I get it. Like, it's, it's impossible. Fenzel and I did the whole... Uh, check your privilege podcast a couple, you know, I don't know, maybe half a dozen, eight episodes ago about how difficult it is to live according to one's own political beliefs, you know, um, that that you're just there's no way to to deal with the, the ups and downs with all the like vicissitudes of life without running afoul of your own convictions at at some point or else becoming one of those insufferable people who thinks their pizza is better than everyone else's. But the Because <laughs> it is. Go on. Never gonna hear the end of that from me. Um Right. I, I get it. It's it's impossible. It's impossible. And it's impossible to make a buck on the internet. I know, I don't. But uh but like w- wouldn't you like to wouldn't you like to lay your head down knowing that, like, today you haven't made the world a little less crummy with every single page view on your website, right? <laughs> like, that you haven't, you know, I, I don't know, that you haven't participated in, in it to, to the extent that's possible? Anyway, so uh, uh, if anyone is interested in, in a banging bikini bod before summer swimsuit season... Uh, I have one weird old tip for you. <laughs> Aren't all bods bikini bods if you put them in a bikini? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think my mine would be. Uh, I'd, I'd look like Wonder Wobear. Um That's hot. That's what that is. <laughs> hashtag daddy. I don't know. She <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you have a you have a uh, you have an annoying trend that you want to talk about before we get to some BuzzFeed quizzes. Well, it's not really annoying, guys, because you see, this week I turned thirty, so now I can write a list on Thought Catalog about all of the things I know now that I'm thirty that I'm going to advise you about. Um, like, for instance, in the past, like. I thought that I sucked, but now every morning I just look in the mirror and say that I'm okay. And now I have confidence. And you guys who don't have confidence, you got to get it because you guys suck for not having it. And I'm going to put this all on Thought Catalog every day. And someone's going to post it on Facebook. And I'm going to click on it for some reason and then feel really bad about myself. Yeah, but you're 30 now, so you're on the right side of the line. Well, so no, that... but see, Matt, now there are ones from people who are 40. <laughs> it never ends. Hold on, wait, wait. Thought Catalog. This is new to me. This is a website, right? Thoughtcatalog.com that catalogs thoughts. Mostly from people in their 20s. Um, yeah, who are from, I would say, privileged upbringings. Maybe I'm, you know, overgeneralizing, but they seem to be in cities talking about issues you might find in the New York Times magazine, which is fine. You know, everyone should be able to catalog their thoughts. It's just that their thoughts tend to be the same thoughts over and over again in lists that you might pin to a Pinterest board, like uh, these lists that are supposed to make you feel good about yourself, but then you feel crappy about yourself. Very similar to the Thinspiration trend. You ever see that on Pinterest? Or maybe I'm just a, a lady, so you guys don't know about Pinterest. Or, or it's Tom- very lady-centric. Yeah, I'm not on, on uh, Pinterest, but like, there's a ton of thinspo on Tumblr. I think of it as like a Tumblr thing. Uh, oh, yeah? And I, I, I haven't noticed. I, I guess so, right? Like, and I think of it as like the product of a of a you know serious kind of cultural disease, not not as something that's sort of aiming to uh, aiming to make anybody feel good, right? Like, right. but uh, you know, I don't know. That's that that like Lent is aiming to <laughs> make you feel bad. For self-improvement or a, <laughs> a kind of deranged idea of self-improvement that has to I, do I have with a it. transition to the next topic, actually. Let's see if this works. It probably won't, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it. Speaking um, of. I was going to say that there's this trend here where we live in a society that I think is built on judgment, I would say. That's fair, right? Um, based on our, I don't know, like a Protestant work ethic and all that other good stuff. I think also our political climate, like everyone's just judging each other. Maybe uh, it's just because I live in New York. So we have good pizza, but we also have lots of judgmental people. <laughs> um, so, um, but we also judge people for not being like inspired and like confident um, and also thin, of course, but you get thin because it makes you happy and it makes you you know light up a room and everyone can see you and you're like you're a strong female character who is you know thin and muscular but not too muscular you know what i mean um so it's people judging you for caring about people judging you if that makes any sense you know what i'm saying here uh, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I'm going to try to transition now. So let's let's try this, which I think has to do with BuzzFeed quizzes in a way, um, because 
people are always being judged. So there's like an insecurity of a lot of young people on the internet. So you go to a BuzzFeed quiz and you take the quiz and then you get that you're David Lynch. And suddenly you're like, you know what? I might be different from others, but I'm okay because I'm like David Lynch. And now I can feel inspired and like a confident person. And people can judge me, but they're also judging David Lynch that way. And so I feel okay about that because people who judge David Lynch are horrible. You see? You see where I'm going? (laughs) Yeah, I I, I think there's some truth to that. But let, let me give my alternate explanation for why the BuzzFeed quiz thing is so popular right now and to be clear also like you know along the lines of what we were saying earlier um there's nothing new under the sun right i I feel like several years ago there was a a a wave of internet quizzes that were just spreading all over social media or whatever we had before social media what carrier pigeons right yeah that um and before that you know um uh, semaphore quizzes right you know cosmo quizzes right uh and before that um saturday evening post quizzes before that uh, cuneiform quizzes right quizzes have been with us since the beginning of time um what I think going, is going on with quizzes is that um, there's the sense that like um, uh, that, like I I do not know myself as well as I ought to like uh, there's some sort of neurosis going on where, where you don't understand the self and then like taking this quiz right this like set of targeted questions somehow elucidates something about yourself that you were not able to do without the help of uh, buzzfeed.com the fine writers of buzzfeed.com i think it also i think that's exactly right and i think it comes from our uh capitalist society bringing in my marxist roots right um that where did we see these personality tests coming from? Okay, psychology, sure. But they were actually, in certain cases, still doing that. Giving them, um, like in job interviews, if you want to get a job, you have to take like the Myers-Briggs test, right, right. or something. Um, and if you're an introvert, uh, nope, we're throwing your application out the door because we only take extroverts here. Um, and we're in a society now where we... Um, our employment is very precarious so you like get this like what color is your parachute thing or there's a book called i think like be what you are or do what you are i forget where you like take a personality quiz and it tells you what your job should be um and i think there's this uh idea that you're supposed to enjoy your job right because they don't you know the bosses don't want to pay you so what you're getting is fulfillment and you're only going to be fulfilled if you know who you are and you pick a job um that is the job that like god intended for you right but we can't really know what we're good at without doing it but we can't do it without getting the job so let's take a buzzfeed quiz and they'll tell you who you are and this is like i feel like in our country we're so busy working on the self um because people like uh, or newspaper articles or people in certain communities are they like blaming individuals for like these structural problems with employment um and so everyone is trying to focus on themselves like all the time like whether taking personality quizzes or going to a shrink or going to a life coach like there's so many life coaches nowadays i think it's all part of the same issue I, what do you guys think? 
I mean, there used to be life coaches. They were called your friends, and you'd ask their <laughs> advice about stuff. You know. Oh wait, let me jump in before I forget. Um, I took one of these quizzes because I take all of the BuzzFeed quizzes, guys. Um, of like a month or two back, where it says like, "What should your profession be?" And I got writer. And my first thought was, and I wrote this on Facebook when I shared it with everyone, because of course you share it with everyone. Oh crap! Because seriously why why couldn't they give me an answer um that is a paying job anyway. <laughs> hey, so i'm reminded of the um uh, of an earlier form of a buzzfeed quiz which actually took i, I think in middle school I, i'm of course referring to the armed services vocational aptitude battery or the asvab and have you ever ever take this no. Hey, they, they give it to, um, actually, I'm, no, sorry, not middle school, high school. It is offered to American high school students when they're in their 10th, 11th, and 12th grade, though anyone eligible for enlistment may take it. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, my public school, maybe because it was in Alabama, had an arrangement with the armed forces to have us all sit down to take the ASVAB. <laughs> I just they, they think it would have gone over better if they, you know, pitched it as like, you know, which awesome soldier are you? This is really scary, Mark. Is this the beginning of a young adult, uh, young adult dystopian novel? Uh, yes, it's called... Like they're sorting uh, you into... Yeah, digits, I know. Whatever. It, yeah, it's called The History of the 21st Century in the United States. <laughs> That's the dystopian young adult novel we're talking about. Boom. Sorry, go on. What was, what was your aptitudes? I wish I remembered. I, I wish I could say, like, you know, fighter pilot, but um, given my vision problems, probably not that. Or radar tech, probably. Wow. Can you hear helicopters before they come? Uh, I, I, yes, I can. Um, this, that is my. Um, I wish I could. That'd be pretty great. No, just this is New York. I live in New York City now. You know, I'm, I've escaped the hinterland of of Alabama, where our best entertainment was the Rock of Fire Explosion Band, and now I just, <laughs> I just, I, I just hear them when I when I see them buzzing around because, like, I don't know, the like the world leaders at the UN or some crap like that. Matt, um, Matt, did you take any quizzes along these lines when you were uh, a youngin? The, you know, there, there was a, like a, um, oh, I don't know. There was a, uh, uh, standardized test that we, that we all took at some point. Um, I'm looking through my, uh, I'm looking through my Kindle book, uh, purchases because a couple of years ago, I actually read a book about, uh, the Myers-Briggs type indicator. Jesus, it's not- do you know what your type is, Matt? I do actually, because I was made to take it uh, in the context of an employment situation, and like to discuss my result, uh, which was useless and bad and ridiculous and awful and really. What kind of job was it? The worst. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was the job I had immediately after uh, immediately after college. It was my first job in the uh, in the nonprofit sector, let's mm. say. Uh, and um, as a you know, as a young nonprofit administrator, we all uh, we all um, took the thing and like had a conversation about how we could better relate to one another. And I suppose like uh, an occasion, it's, it's okay to find an occasion to talk about, you know, how it's okay to be different and unique and stuff like this. But, but, but it's, it's such crappy science, 
You know, oh, yeah. th- there's no si- there's no science really to speak of. Uh, and um, anyway, so it was a uh, it was a book called I can't find the name of the book, but it was a it was about the intellectual history of a lot of these like personality quantifying. Um, quantifying things, right? Like, which, which, you know, I suppose they become necessary as human systems, or it seems that they become necessary as human systems scale up and they're no longer on a human scale and you need a, a quantitative measure to justify the decisions uh, you make um, because uh, of the sort of scientific bias, bias of... Um, you know, uh, management as though it weren't, you know, as though a lot of this stuff weren't hunches. A lot of the calls about people weren't hunches anyway. Anyway, so I was a, um, uh, I, I'll, I'll reveal, I guess, my, my answers, right? And, and, you know, let's be clear, like, like when Carl Jung came up with this particular classification system, the idea was that after years of Jungian psychoanalysis, like you and the analyst together would discover your um, your personality type. You would like come to a deep understanding of of who you are through a great deal of work and investigation and exploration and free association and talking about dreams and archetypes and you know uh, all the the uh, Jungian uh, psychoanalytic stuff. That when you were like a fully individuated person, then you would know your type. It wasn't like you answer thirty multiple choice questions and all of a sudden we know what kind of person you are buddy um but they like uh i i don't know but everyone well never mind i hate these things uh so um uh so they were uh you know but it it became this like this sort of pop thing you know and so uh when it when it was made into a like the er bud uh, buzzfeed quiz um and so I am a uh, I am halfway between introvert and extrovert. I actually uh, answered as many questions introvert as I did extrovert. So I'm like right on the line. Um, and then uh, I am an uh, NFJ, which I think means intuitive feeler and judger. Right? <laughs> you know, uh, nice. And the other things. Uh, Intuitive, I think, is okay. You see, I can't even. I can't even remember. Um, feeler is is as opposed to uh, thinker, I think, and it's a it's a sort of uh, gut gut feeling versus versus um, you know analytical overthinker, yeah, <laughs> uh, analytical kind of kind of thing. And then uh, judger is as opposed to censor. And it actually goes against, I think, my other thing, which is that, like, like it, you sort of start, I think the idea is that you start from convictions rather than, um, that you work deductively rather than inductively, naturally. Anyway, so, th- so that's what I was. And it was like, oh, yes, that's what you are. And someone wanted to, some, like, consultant who was making more, you know, that day than I made in a month working at the nonprofit wanted to, like, nod at me knowingly and, like, say how this was going to affect my work with my coworkers and do the same thing to my coworkers. It really, uh, 
uh, really pissed me off. So, you know, I don't know. There, there, there's another aspect to BuzzFeed quizzes that I, I think um, obtains. And, and it's, it's a certain amount of, like, identity curation, right? No matter who you are, no matter what character from the West Wing you're like, um, you are a character, you're a character in the West Wing, right? Like, and it's a way of, it's a way of sort of, not just out of insecurity, uh, not just out of insecurity. Yeah, I was projecting there. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, no. I think that's. I think that that's a thing. Like, you know, who who am I? Especially the kind of people who are on BuzzFeed all the time, right? Like, if you are a person who lives your life on the internet, you're probably like closer to a knowledge worker. You're probably a knowledge worker, right? And like, you know, what the knowledge worker is a person whose job it is to decide what their job is every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I am a an independent contractor. When someone asks me what I do for a living, it's like a paragraph or a page-long answer. It would be nice if I could just say, I'm Danny Kincannon from the West Wing. Just be- <laughs> yeah, so speaking, I- of that, speaking of that West Wing quiz, uh, Matt, do you want to like talk about the, the experience that that experience with the quiz that brought us to talk about this in the first well, place? So, yeah, it's... it's uh, I If there is... Um, a, a pop culture property that I want to associate myself with, that I want to do the, like, the, what Ryan and I talk about on the TFT podcast is being like the curation of identity through, like, associating yourself with particular signifiers. And, and this is like, uh, um, our sort of canonical example for this is, is Tumblr and the phenomenon of reblogging, you know, of kind of co-signing, you know, yes, this, me too. This applies to me too. I like the West Wing. I'm a character in the West Wing. I'm associated with that, right? It's almost a way of like, remember early in the days of Facebook when you would put in your favorite books and music and stuff like that, and it would show up on your, uh, it would show up on your profile and like everyone was concerned about like curating that kind of thing. This is like a, a, a further development of this. Now, if there is a pop culture property that I want to be associated with. It's Aaron Sorkin's West Wing, a show that I love and that a lot of overthinkers love and that I used to... Uh, I used to play a game with overthinker Josh McNeil where we would start quoting the West Wing randomly at one another and the other person would have to pick up the scene uh, from whatever episode, whatever season, wherever it was uh, in the story. You'd just have to... um you know, you just have to to pick up. I mean, and and I knew like chapter and verse. This was before the Sorkinisms video. Uh, you know, I I knew all this Aaron Sorkin dialogue. Anyway, so I saw online a uh, which West Wing character are you? And I finally broke down and took a quiz and I posted it on Facebook and I wrote yeah. on Facebook in all caps. Damn it, BuzzFeed. I have held out against your stupid quizzes for so long. How could you come up? <laughs> By the way, no punctuation in this whole status update. <laughs> for so long, how could you come up with just the quiz that would make my resolve crumble? It's like you have seen into my soul. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you so much. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I got Danny Concanon, who is also an I slash ENFJ. If, uh, you know, if you're into that sort of thing. I'm an INFJ, just saying, Matt. Not, oh, 
I got mad feels for you. <laughs> and judgments. Go team. And judgments. Sorry. Yeah. I, I've never um, taken the Myers-Briggs. I don't know what my personality type is. I feel like I don't You're know not even myself. a person. You don't know. <laughs> You're not even a person if you don't have a personality. <laughs> um so, yeah, so uh, I, I took this quiz and I, I posted it online and goodness, um, and lots of friends liked my status, which just made me feel worse about myself, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> because I had that day I had failed in my resolve not to leave the world slightly crummier uh, than, than I left it. So... Uh, Mark, lead us into the next phase of our plan here, our, our podcast plan here. Sure. I mean, we're, we're not just an analysis podcast. You know, we, we really, we really, um, we don't just speak in the abstract about things, right? We actually just do stuff from time to time like uh, on, on, this, on this podcast. Yeah, um, exactly like the Mythbusters. Uh, in the next episode of the Overthinking It podcast, we're going to, um, I don't know, blow things up because blowing things up is awesome, right? That, 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 hey, that'd be a great BuzzFeed quiz. Like, which Mythbuster are you? Because there's, like, there's two of them, right? I'm the girl. So there's, Maybe. There's I don't know. I didn't take the quiz. There's like those two mustachio gentlemen, right? And then they're, um, they're associated hangers on? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, so Carrie, uh, that's her name, Carrie. Go uh, yeah, that should that should that should totally be a BuzzFeed quiz. Oh, anyway, so what I thought that we would do as a um, sort of you know live experiment on this podcast is actually take one of these BuzzFeed quizzes and sort of subject ourselves to a level of scrutiny we definitely don't deserve. Um, and the one we chose, which I think is um, you know uh, appropriate for all of us on this panel, is. Which Star Trek captain are you? <laughs> I mean, I want to know, right? I, I need to find out what I what I am. I need to know about myself, Matt. Yeah, Shayna, you guys like Star Trek. You want to know about yourself? Oh, right? Mark, make well, it I so. I took this quiz, but I'll take it again. <laughs> the, the, you may get a different so. answer, Shayna, because I've heard that they just randomly pick so that there's an, oh, that's seriously <laughs> that, there's, that there's an even distribution. I mean, oh my god. Wouldn't that, that be, be, wouldn't that be interesting? No. I, I thought, I mean, for our, for our BuzzFeed I, thing, I mean, I know that Internet April Fool's Day things are so over, but a, a few friends who I, whose opinions I respect told me that ours on Overthinking It was still pretty cool, where we did Buzzder Thinking It. Um, we, uh, I was looking into it, and I would have had to like custom develop a quiz thing. I'm so interested in the CMS that's powering this and the whatever the algorithm is that matches this. So, if there's anyone from BuzzFeed uh, who listens to this show who can give me a uh, little insight, I would be very, very uh, curious. And you can reach out via email or something. Um, to know how how it works behind the scenes, but I guess I'm like everybody. Then everybody wants to know that. But let's let's go. Okay, so let's rather than reading out all the uh, all the answers, let's just pick our own. Um, let's just pick our own answers and try to try to uh, speed through this a little bit so that we, so that it doesn't become super yep. long. Um, okay, like everyone, our, be silent for the next five minutes. <laughs> okay, and. <laughs> Oh, we're clicking through them. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, choose no. a uh, choose a comic book hero. Mark, comic book hero. Okay, uh, shoot here. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna Spider Man. I always you know relate to the Peter Parker. Nice, Shayna, comic book. Wonder hero. Woman. Hello. Nice. <laughs> and I'm going with Batman. Uh, of course. Pick 
pick a beverage. Mine is black coffee. Beer. Ice coffee. Nice. Okay. Uh, it's a moral dilemma. What do you do? Oh, dear. these are long choices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Moral dilemma. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick uh, make it up as I go along and hope for the best because that actually does comport with my uh, that does comport with my actual strategy in life. I think I'm going to choose make the right choice and explain why at length um, because that is what I do. I always choose correctly and uh, lecture people. You are a true <laughs> overthinker. Yeah, I'm going to go with make the quote-unquote wrong choice for the right reasons because nice. I think that's code for um, not going along with a with a slavishly along with a bureaucracy. In Play by your own rules. Yes. Ma- Mark, are you saying you can live with it? You can live with it? Anyone get that reference? Come on, Matt. <laughs> uh, I'm missing it. What, what <laughs> no. is this? In the pale moonlight, Deep Space Nine. No, okay. <laughs> is that later in the season? I haven't. I, oh, you haven't gotten there yet. Okay. okay. Well, you'll get to it. It's I'm, the one where um, I think his name is Kretek, the Romulan. Goes. It's a fake. No. Okay. You'll see it. It's good. I'm, uh, it's a I'm, good. I'm watching uh, Deep Space Nine all the way, all the way through. Uh, rewatching, I should say, because I was a. 11-year-old. All right. Which face do you most want to punch? I'm going with Garrick. No, it's not Garrick. That's it's, not Garrick. That's, that's called, called Ducat. Ducat. Sorry. Um, oh, I can't choose. Uh, <laughs> what I... are you saying, Matt? All Cardassians look the same or something? <laughs> <laughs> um, what's right. the name of that guy from Star Trek, uh, the, the new one? The guy with all the tattoos on his face. Eric Bana. Yes, but uh, I, I'm going to choose him. I mean, I mean, is there any choice other than Khan? I don't want to punch him. I want to hug him. <laughs> you want to you stroke his uh, amazing pecs and abs? And, and hair. So Look at that hair. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, what is a major turn-on? I'm, I'm going mm. to take the high road here. I'm going with intelligence. Me too. We're nerds. <laughs> Uh, sense of adventure. My wife, when I first met her, she wrote up in a Vespa, and that really that was really Aww. hot. Oh, nice. Um, and you hopped on the back and haven't hopped off since. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. So choose a Sherlock Holmes. Now, this one we are going to do. They have, uh, they have so Robert many. Downey Jr. They have Johnny Lee Miller. They have Cumberbatch. They have, uh, who is that? Basil Rathbone, I think, right? And yeah. they have uh, whoever was in Young Sherlock Holmes back in the mm-hmm. day, which was a film that terrified me because it, it featured a like a live mummification and like embalming of a you know live nubile girl. And then who who is the sixth Holmes? I don't know. I don't know the sixth Holmes. I don't know the sixth Holmes. Okay. Eh. I'm I'm a, I'm a Cumberbatch, so I'm going with Cumberbatch. Johnny Lee. <laughs> I, I'm not very familiar with any of these guys, uh, so I'm just going to go with Robert Downey Jr. Because he's nice. dreamy. All right, he next question. He's a little dreamy, but so is Johnny Lee. So. What are you doing on a Saturday night? <laughs> I, am, uh, I am curling up with a good book is what I'm doing. Where is watching a lot of Orange is the New Black? That's not on here. Okay. <laughs> um, playing sports, huh? <laughs> oh, I guess I will also curl up with a good book. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, checking out some live music. Nice. Know, I like to go to the Broadway show. Is that going to like, uh, no, Riker's not um, not a choice here because he was never a captain. No. You know. He could have been like three or four times, but. Turned out. I mean, I guess in the man. future he was. 
right? Would, uh, what techno babble would you not feel like an idiot saying? Mm, temporal paradox, because yeah. I watch a lot of Doctor Who. <laughs> Um, I would feel very, I would feel very bad saying Bajoran paw wraiths, um, like the Bajoran paw wraith who takes over Keiko's body. Uh, spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think artificial black hole. Mark? Uh, since you took that, I'm just going to go with Kobayashi Maru. Yeah, that's my second Also, I'm I'm really trending for old Kirk here. That's what I'm trying hard to do. Cheater. Oh, I'm last not, one. Uh, last one. Who is your best friend? Um, these are choices that aren't realistic because I don't know any Vulcans. Do I? I don't, no. I, I mean, if you were a Star Trek captain, you would. Okay, so I'm going to imagine I'm a Star Trek captain. Who is my best friend? Um, yeah, for me, probably a bartender. Yeah, that sounds... Well, if I could have a dog on the ship, that's... I don't know if I can do that. Nice. <laughs> bartender. <laughs> Mark, my my friend, my he was the most human, <laughs> the Vulcan, most human. What the frick, Cisco? Ha! Come on, ha! I knew it was going to be Cisco. See, this I told you. This no, that's great. Up. Cisco's the I best. I don't do this. I never what? watch Deep Space Nine. I don't like. Oh this. my God, Mark, watch Deep Space Nine right now. <laughs> yeah, but Deep Space Nine is great, but it's not because of Cisco. I, I mean, I think oh, no. Cisco is insufferable, and he, he gets <laughs> all right. He gets like he gets crazy eyes, right? Yes. And, and Avery wonderful. Books starts like maniacally grinning and going like, yes, "Are it's you a are you ready for Jambalaya?" <laughs> it is real. <laughs> All right. Okay. The, 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 not the, the, the one of the important parts of these quizzes is not just the result that you get, but also the pithy little um, descriptor. Right. Okay. So um, this apparently is me. Your even keeled, patient demeanor has many of your friends treating you like a kind of Zen guru, but it masks a fiery temper born from a past that is kind of dark. Heaven help anyone who gets in your way. <laughs> That, there are things mean? I don't know about you, Mark. <laughs> the beginning sounded right, but I don't know your dark secrets, so my, maybe? My, my past is kind of dark. Is that, like, I spent a lot of time at Chuck E. Cheese listening to the Rock of Art Explosion <laughs> Band in Alabama, I think, is the answer. Yep. That could be it. Okay. What do you think, Mark? Do you think that sounds right? Um, you, uh, it's not not right. Let's put it that way. This is a very scientific quiz, so it's pretty accurate. All right. I guess, I guess I need to accept these results because this quiz knows me better than I know myself. I embrace my Benjamin Cisco uh, identification. Nice. Uh, I have a feeling that Matt and I got the same one. Who are you, Shana? I got the same one I got last time I took this quiz, uh-huh. which is Jean-Luc Picard. There are four lights. <laughs> I'm so... Uh, I would have preferred Picard to Cisco for sure. Your sense of right and wrong are second to none, and while your intelligence can be a little rarefied, you do know how to have fun. <laughs> Reading 16th century British poetry is totally fun. Hashtag, um, well, <laughs> Hashtag daddy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. We can uh, link this up in the show notes. Um, I'm, I'm quickly, I'm going to speed through here uh in honor of easter which of jesus disciples are you so all right which this country w- which i want to co- visit scotland <laughs> me too guys shana we're like the we're same the person, same person. 
<laughs> Choose a color, royal blue. Well, they don't have purple. Come on, guys. How would your Which friends describe you? Uh, um, well, I'm going to go with smart because my friends say that instead of nice. <laughs> do they say like hey you're smart or do they say oh he's smart it's oh matt he's smart <laughs> uh choose a baby animal baby pony choose a month june month of my birth pick a random household object oh let's go with keys uh, which of these negative adjectives best assi- dis- uh, applies to you? Um, I think obsessive. Yes. Choose a Winter Olympics event, uh, biathlon. Wow, which... this is a long quiz. <laughs> and we're about two-thirds of the way through. Which of these pictures is the most appealing? Um, the Grand Canyon. Pick a Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, bu- buddy, buddy Christ. I thought there was only one Jesus. You got Saint I'm, I'm Thomas. Nice. Wait, well, who? What? I, I got Saint oh, Thomas. I got Saint oh. Thomas too. Oh Boom! Ferociously, in- yeah. Ferociously intelligent and streetwise. You don't take any nonsense from anybody. Uh, <laughs> and aren't afraid to call people out on their BS, <laughs> like your Lord and Savior. <laughs> Some might call you argumentative, but you know what you want and not afraid to ask for it, which is to stick your fingers oh. into the God. bloody wound in the side of the Messiah. And happy Pentecost, everybody. Guys, I got St. Thomas. Oh. Well, this is one where they just have one answer and give it to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> now we know. All ferociously intelligent we, and streetwise. We know their obviously. secret. The other game that I would like to propose for the for the um, comments is: w- Could we author and create an algorithm for determining which overthinker are you for the overthinker oh overthinking it right? Because we need to be more narcissistic. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I am an INFJ. Well, I'm an I slash ENFJ, but, you know, I like to curl up with a good book like Captain Picard. Um, you know, and and, uh, and actually a, a terminological uh, little thing. I, I think overthinker applies actually to the global community of overthinkers, which includes the audience of, of the sure. site and the podcast and things like this. So it's not which overthinker are you, it's which overthinking.com writer uh, are, are you. But every, everybody is an overthinker. It is a big tent or everybody is a potential overthinker um just not if you've ever done a buzzfeed quiz so i guess we're all disqualified guys okay (laughs) uh and what happened next won't (laughs) won't make a difference at all uh so would you like to uh, uh tell us what you think about buzzfeed quizzes about bears and pop culture about annoying trends on the internet uh sound off in the comments on the show notes or email the email that no one ever emails podcast overthinking.com or call or text the number that no one ever calls or texts 203-285-6401 uh currently going on on overthinking it we are monday nights at 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific uh posting our or, or we're doing live and then posting them afterwards, our recaps to um, Game of Thrones, uh, the previous night's Game of Thrones uh, episode. So uh, it's appointment podcasting. We would love it if you uh, came and watched us at, at 9 p.m. Eastern on uh, overthinkingit.com or follow the Twitter for, uh, for a link straight to YouTube where you can live stream um, live stream that. I heard someone make a joke once. You know, I had a problem with live streaming, but I, I saw a urologist. He c- 
cleared it right up. Um, and uh, also, we are in the midst of uh, we are in the midst of our overthinking Eurovision. Uh, Mark and, and uh, Matt Belinky have been holding down the fort admirably. I'm going to jump in. I hope this week, uh, Mark. What do we have on deck in the overthinking Eurovision stakes? Uh, what I deem to be the worst song in the competition, which means that the song is likely going to win. Nice. Excellent. (laughs) You you have that to look forward to. More podcasts coming at you next week. Until then, you can visit us on the web at Overthinking It, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny. It 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 probably doesn't doesn't deserve. deserve. Jambalaya! Which Star Trek captain am I? Janeway?